It's the story of our human becoming. It's believing the thing that we are comfortable with. It's being willing to step out into something unknown, learn what we need to learn, have some challenges, have some victories, but come out on the other side with way more than we ever could have possibly had otherwise. And this moment in time, I think part of the invitation of the seeming instability and uncertainty is it's in calling each of us into this adventure to create a life that is much more fulfilled by developing ourselves. Welcome to the Self-Optimized Podcast, where we talk about natural alternative solutions to help you improve your health, but we also cover self-development as well to help you go to that next level in your life and become that ultra-optimized version of yourself. And in this week's episode, we chat with Alicia Abate. She's based in Florida in the US and is a leading voice in careers and the ever-changing landscape of work today in this digital world. Elisha is a keynote speaker, author and founder of The Future of Now, which is a business helping people and companies all over the world thrive in these times of disruption in our careers. But more importantly, Elisha has just launched a workbook with practical steps helping people to make a career switch. And that's one of the main reasons I got her on the podcast today. But here's also why I invited Elisha on the podcast. We're not all about health and wellness here. We also focus on self-development. And to be honest, our careers are a big part of our self-development. You can't really make progress in your career or or switch over to something new if you're not involved in self-development in some way and at the same time you can't exactly be your healthiest best version of yourself if you're in a job that you hate and you're dreading going to every day. I can speak from personal experience in the past that that was the situation I was in and I know I've got some friends out there and some others who are just not too keen on the jobs that they're doing and would like to make a switch, but don't know exactly how to do that. So in this episode with Alicia, she talks about what she kept seeing again and again when she was a high-flying HR executive doing interviews with people and why the responses she got from people actually spurred her on to launch her own business. She then talks about the main thing that holds people back from pursuing careers that they're actually passionate about. Elisha also explains why it's not too late for most people to escape a crappy job and make the leap to something better. And then finally, she also covers practical steps for making that jump without actually causing yourself stress and worry about it. Okay, let's tune into the interview right now. Hi Alicia, great to chat with you today. I think self-development goes hand in hand with career progress. You can't really do well in your career unless you are committed to self-development so let's begin just by speaking about you tell us tell us a bit about you your company the future of now and what that's all about yeah so first of all thank you for welcoming me to the conversation this is fantastic and i couldn't agree with you more one of the reasons why i even landed into the space where i'm doing what i'm doing today is because i used to run global recruiting for a couple of large companies and 
I met so many people who are interesting and fabulous and wonderful and creative, but not particularly excited about the work that they're doing. And then you start to look at how many hours a day we spend doing our work-related activities, and there's no way that we can be as fulfilled as possible as human beings if this thing that we call work is less than fulfilling for us. And so I left the corporate world initially to solve that challenge. And then in August of 2016, had a very serendipitous encounter with Peter Diamandis, who is one of the world's foremost futurists. And he started talking about self-driving trucks, the technology behind them, and how they're going to drastically impact and shape this world that we're living in. And so from that point forward, I have dedicated my life and work and the future of now, which is my company, to really solving these challenges around how we're going to empower ourselves in the face of great uncertainty and disruption that technology is bringing to the world. Yeah, and the way things are moving these days with with technology, with AI, I mean, a lot of people out there would feel a bit, maybe a bit worried. There's a bit of uncertainty about their jobs. How do they adapt to that? How do they protect the future? Sure. So I think first and foremost, if if we feel scared about it, right? Because change can feel scary. I think the first thing is to just be okay with being scared for a minute. And instead of trying to steamroll over that or pretend that we are feeling uncomfortable, just acknowledge, you know, the headlines are scary when we read them as they're portrayed to us. However, the devil is always in the details. And when you start to look at the technologies that are coming into our workplace and in various instances, a lot to do with artificial intelligence and machine learning, there's a key distinction. Is the technology going to enable us to do our job better or is it actually truly going to replace us? And for the large majority of cases, the technology is going to allow us to do the things that we do even better and save time on the parts of our work that we don't actually like doing. So that's the first place where I would look once I've sort of given myself a breath to say, it's okay to be scared. (laughs) The headlines sound really scary. But then beyond that, what what are the best ways to approach what's going on? I think fundamentally curiosity. How might this be better for me? What might I be able to do to rather than wait for the tsunami of change to hit me, how might I be able to empower myself in the face of it and actually move into something better, even in or because of all of this great disruption? Yeah, yeah. You tell us about your time in the corporate world when you, where you were involved in recruitment. You obviously dealt yeah. with a lot of interviews with a lot of yeah. people from all different backgrounds. Tell me some of the main discoveries you had when you were interviewing so many people in relation to their careers and their happiness and their fulfillment. Yeah, so one of the things that would happen, so I mentioned at the beginning, I would meet so many people who were clearly interested in something that they weren't interviewing for. And how you sort of sense for that inside of an interview, it's it's like this conversation that we're having here. When you ask me a question about my work, I'm excited to talk about it. Like, I believe we could be on this podcast for a hundred hours that I would still have stuff to say. And in the face or in, in the spaces of these interviews, people would check the boxes of ability to do the work of having had past experience. So everything on paper looked good. But then when they started talking about a side project or an entrepreneurial endeavor they had had a few years earlier or something else, the lights just really went on. And so that's where I would find that distinction. 
Would you find that these people weren't even fully aware that that's where their true passion was and then you were seeing it and you were having to relay that back to them? Absolutely. So we, the conditioning that we have around work is so, it's so deep and it's all linked. It's all interconnected in these things around societal expectations and what our friends and family expect. Or if you have immigrant parents, you know, they work so hard for you to get to this place. So, but the objective is for you to earn money and be successful in society's eyes, not necessarily follow that thing called passion. And so, um, so the, another thing that we're taught is there's this this false dichotomy between either I'm going to live in the park on hopes and dreams, be happy but incredibly poor, or I'm going to have a financial security, a job that I, that is dependable, and I'm going to be miserable. Right? This the, we are taught that there are two ends of the same extreme, but there are infinite infinite expressions of what that could look like along the spectrum that are way more interesting. I don't know what it's like in the States, but I think I've seen several studies year after year, like 60% or 70% of people living in the UK either hate or dislike their jobs. Is that the same in the US and what has been your experience of all of this? Yeah, so those, I'm assuming that you're referring to the Gallup numbers. So Gallup every year comes out with the state of the workplace report and they do global numbers and then they break it down by country. And year after year after year, the entire planet is somewhere between, we'll call it 79 and 86% disengaged or actively disengaged at work, which I read as bored to miserable or worse. And these numbers have been the same for well over a decade at this point. And so we see, first of all, we see how rampant, how common that is around the world. And so again, that has me wonder, like, what, why? Do we as a society accept this to be so? And then more importantly, for our own empowerment, what does this mean for the potential, the possibility of our own lives? And so if we're just kicking the can down the road and, you know, waiting until Sunday when we retire, that's a lot of years where you're living, you know, if your life could be a 10, you're living consistently at a four or a five. I mean, there's a lot more magic hiding in there. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose that there are some people, though, that are maybe like, say, mid-40s or early 50s, and they might say to themselves, well, listen, it's a bit late for me. I'm not young enough to switch careers. What would your message be to them? Hi, I had to say, absolutely not the case. So one of the things that I like to talk about in the classes that I teach on career design has to do with naming, defining, and challenging the assumptions that we have about what is or isn't possible for our lives, for our careers. And so the process will start out and say, okay, magic wand, Mark, wave it. You can have everything you want, the friends, the family, the money, the, the intellectual engagement, the team, community, all of that stuff. Okay, great. You're feeling pretty good because you've designed it and it looks like an optimal life, but then the doubt starts to creep in. But how would I make that work? But you can't make any money doing it. Or I'm too young. I'm too old. I don't know the right people. And on and on and on and on. Right. And so all of a sudden that, that pile of things, including I'm too old to make a switch feels insurmountable. So we just stay doing whatever it was that they were doing or whatever it was that we were doing. And the funny thing is, is that none of those assumptions are actually true. And 
the game becomes how do I use whatever my current status is or situation is as a competitive advantage in creating this next thing that I want to create. And the ability to pivot with career is going to become increasingly more important as our healthy life expectancy is now going to extend another 10, 20 years, maybe even more, depending on how quickly disruptions occur. Yeah. And I imagine the world we are living in these days where we've got all this digital technology, we've got access to all these online courses. Self-development has never really been easier, really, when you think on it. Surely that gives people this great ledge to jump off it and, and basically have a much better chance of making it work in a new career. Yeah, when... So the, the magic, it, it, it all goes back to the hero's journey. And so my work is largely inspired by Joseph Campbell and his work is, you know, inspired by all the myths, legends, stories, religions across humanity. And it's the story of our human becoming. It's believing the thing that we are comfortable with. It's being willing to step out into something unknown, learn what we need to learn, have some challenges, have some victories, but come out on the other side with way more than we ever could have possibly had otherwise. And this moment in time, I think part of the invitation of the seeming instability and uncertainty is it's in calling each of us into this adventure to create a life that is much more fulfilled by developing ourselves. Someone listening to this might might say to themselves, well, that sounds all sounds all nice, sounds like there's a happy ending, but it's not obviously going to be that easy. What are some practical steps you would give someone who is desperate to escape the job they're in and they know they are passionate about something else but they don't know how to start and make that step towards that other career so the the flip answer to that is uh just start and i know that sounds it sounds like but what do you mean if i knew how i would have already started and this is one of those things where if you simply take even a small step in the direction of beginning to research a new area that you want to work in or having a conversation with somebody that's working in a company that would be an ideal destination for you, that's already getting the ball and the momentum rolling. But the exciting thing about career switching or career transition is that there is a map that you can follow every single time you want to make a transition. And the steps are exactly the same. What differs is the amount of time you spend in them depending on how big of a change you want to make for yourself. So that first step is committing to actually making a change. And when I talk about this, it, that happens either by choice or by force, right? By force, we get downsized or laid off or some something like that. Uh, but that choice piece is if we're sitting in a job that we sort of like and is fine when our boss is gone and is okay in the summer months when we don't have to work that much, then it's harder to commit to actually making a change for yourself. But once you actually make that change, then you get to the part around creating it. And what that is comprised of is, as you rightly noted, self-knowledge and understanding. So it's self-development. Who am I? What do I find important? What do I want to create? What kind of impact do I want to have? It's community building. It's how we activate the network of folks who are around us to enlist support and helping us walk the path to a next step. So it's getting into conversations, right? Thirdly, it's that dark underbelly of career transition, which is looking at all the things we don't want to admit our, to ourselves about what we're scared about, about, you know, these assumptions that we delineated a little bit earlier. 
And then finally, it's the tactics of, you know, things like your LinkedIn profile and your resume and that sort of thing. The first step is actually committing to yourself that you want to make a change. Would you say the biggest hurdle then is just the, the mental blocks that people have? It's, it's the mental blocks. And, and that's why, sir, one of the biggest misconceptions that we have is that we think we need to know how or be motivated or have confidence in order to do something. And the truth is, is that actually the confidence and the motivation comes from the act of doing. And so that's why I will always encourage people to just try something. Just try. <laughs> and it's probably going to suck at first. And though the first time you got on a bike, you know, how did that go? Right. <laughs> you kept on working at it. And, you know, today you can ride a bike. It's very similar in its, in its logic and practice. Yeah. And what about you personally? Because you had a, you had a very good career in the corporate world. You were a bit of a high flyer, still are a high flyer, but surely that was a big jump for you as well. And what were some of the challenges you faced when you made the leap into to going solo? Yeah, absolutely. So. On paper, as you noted, everything was looking fantastic as far as my career was concerned. And though I, I had this nagging feeling. So my choice to leave the corporate world was by choice. I just knew there was something else out there for me. I couldn't put my finger at it yet. I didn't have a clearly defined next step, which I will say, I don't know that I necessarily recommend that for everybody because one's risk tolerance needs to be pretty high to navigate that. And for me, there was a lot of unwinding of ego in making the switch. So I went to a really great school for my undergrad and my grad school. I had high titles, companies, you know, that are renowned in the world. And so the unhooking of the ego from I am important because I'm called those things versus I am important because I have intrinsic value. And my value is that I am choosing to stand in what I want to deliver to the world. There was a lot of unhooking around that. And especially in conversations with friends and family who are like, wait, you're going to leave here to go and do what? <laughs> so like, leave this corporate VP of HR job at a big global media company to help people be happier? Like, what kind of a job is that? So that was probably the biggest piece. But what I kept on doing is just coming back to myself and listening. That your Yourself, your higher self, your being knows what you should be up to. And so creating that stillness to go back and listen and then continue to follow the path. Yeah. And I know from personal experience, there's, there is always that nagging feeling inside of that. There's that intuition that you know you should be going in a different direction and that doesn't go away. And I'm sure other people listening to this who want to go in a different direction, I'm certain they'll relate to that feeling that they know there is something else there, but it is that fear that's holding them back. Yeah. And, and once again, it's okay to have that fear. The fear is it's a signal that we're doing something different, but that we're moving into a territory that's unknown. One of the interesting things that I have learned about fear in my research around how we do empower ourselves to thrive in the face of all this uncertainty is that actually we can manage it, right? We can recognize it as a signal, but we don't need to feel the fear and do it anyway and create massive instability and burn the birds because that's the only way we can possibly, you know, move forward into a next step. You know, we can actually, instead of getting amped up, we can ground in. 
We can control all these chemicals and chemical reactions that are occurring in our body when we feel that fear, right? Because as I'm sure you know, our brain can't tell the difference between a tiger trying to eat us for dinner and our boss being angry at us, or it's that same chemical reaction. So we can control the levels of fear that we're feeling through things like breath work and meditation and, and intellectual exercises like naming, defining and challenging our assumptions. Yeah. Someone listening to this right now who maybe needs some words of encouragement, what would you say to them to, to encourage them to go for it? Trust yourself. Trust yourself. You know, even if it's just a, a seed of a vision, you know what you are here to create and to build and to do. And that could be a world changing moonshot, you know, billion dollar unicorn kind of a situation, or it could be showing up differently for your family or starting a nonprofit, or ensuring that you are creating enough passive income so that you can work by choice, not by force, right? Or not under the guise of necessity. And so trust yourself and do your research and get into conversation with other human beings who have had the courage to create that kind of change for themselves as well. Awesome advice anyone who wants to learn more about the work you're doing about your business the future of now and also you've you've got a book coming out as well tell us all about that yes absolutely so you can find me on my website elishaabate.com i am most active on social media on linkedin where i also have a course around building a career that you love no matter the market this amazing book, this workbook that's coming out. And I just have to shout out to Mark for being such a great support in making this a reality and helping the vision come to light in the world. It's how to build a career you love for specifically for career switchers. So for those of you who are thinking about leaving the corporate world and embarking on an entrepreneurial adventure or switching industries or even simply getting a promotion in your own organization or your current company, you can absolutely check that out. It will very soon be for sale on Amazon. And I'll make sure I include links in the show notes so everyone can access those easily. But yeah, amazing chatting to you. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Amazing energy as well. So what's what's the plans for you for the rest of this year? Any big visions, any other big projects beyond the book? Yes, absolutely. So there's actually a, a book book that I'm working on, which is future-led leadership around this age of artificial intelligence. So look for that soon. And then on October 10th, I am holding a virtual global event on how we can empower ourselves in this age of AI. So look for announcements and launch on that very soon. It would be wonderful to welcome everybody who's listening here. That chat with Alicia was definitely something a bit different from what we've been doing lately. We've been quite heavy with the alternative health guests in recent weeks, so it was good to get that break and really focus on the self-development side of things. So if you're someone who's considering switching career, you're hating your job at the moment and you want to explore different avenues, then hopefully you've picked up some value from what Alicia said today. And as always, There'll be links to everything that she covered, including her book, in the show notes below. Okay, have a great day.